This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Precision, safety, and durability are challenges for gene replacement and gene editing therapies. Logic Biotherapeutics says its GeneRide platform technology addresses these challenges by harnessing a natural DNA repair process. We spoke to Daniel Gruskin, Chief Medical Officer of Logic Bio, about the company's platform technology, the advantages it provides, and the company's lead experimental therapy for the rare metabolic condition, methylmalonic acidemia. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. We're going to talk about Logic Bio, its gene ride platform technology, and its effort to develop gene therapies and, and gene editing therapies for rare life-threatening conditions like methylmalonic acidemia. Perhaps we can start with gene editing, though. For listeners not familiar with it, how does it differ from what people may think of as gene replacement therapies? Sure, that's a great question. And I think it comes down to uh, durability and the potential for durability, meaning how long will the effect last? Uh, In gene editing, you are actually making a change to the patient's uh, DNA, the genetic material that is already in their cells. And so when the cells divide and multiply, whatever change you have made to that DNA gets passed along to both daughter cells. Um, On the other hand, in canonical gene therapy, uh, gene replacement um, treatments, the gene that's being delivered remains outside of the patient's um, uh, endogenous DNA, sort of floating around uh, in the cell. It gets uh, trans, uh, transcribed and translated as the other DNA does, but uh, if and when the cells, cell divides, it does not get passed along. And that's what you've seen in other uh, canonical gene therapies, a concern that Uh, an effect that you see early on in the treatment um, diminishes over time as that um, gene, the the transgene gets lost. This is still a a big open question for a a lot of gene therapies is how well understood or how well known is the durability of the effect of gene editing in that context? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it will take long-term studies to demonstrate uh, a true durability. Uh, We've seen that in our technology, which is called GeneRide, 
uh, in the uh, animal studies. We are uh, initiating our first in human trial. In fact, the first patient was dosed with uh, our first GeneRide product uh, earlier um, in the spring. And uh, after the study, each patient will be enrolled in a long-term follow-up study to determine durability and long-term safety. Um, but because of the mechanism of action where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's actually the, the genome of the patient that's being modified, um, we do expect to see a durable, lifelong effect and intend this to be a single administration therapy. You give it once, um, and it remains there uh, for the life of the patient, uh, uh, potentially. Logic Bio is actually developing a, a pipeline of both gene editing therapies and gene replacement therapies. What determines whether a disease would be appropriate for a gene replacement therapy rather than a gene editing therapy? That's a great question. And, you know, one of the... Uh, um, uh, the, the reasons that Logic Bio was founded um, was to, um, to develop therapies that could be used, genetic therapies that could be used um, in children, in, in diseases where it's critical to intervene early in the life of the patient to get the most benefit from the therapy. Many genetic diseases, as you probably know, um, are associated with um, irreversible tissue damage. And so if you don't intervene before, um, you know, before much of that irreversible damage takes place, then you're not able to really make a meaningful difference in the lives of, of these patients. And so with the technology that Logic Bio has developed, um, a gene editing technology that we think is uh, has, has the potential at least to be both um, durable and safer than some of the existing technology. It makes it particularly well-suited for those diseases like methylmalonic acidemia, where it's absolutely critical to intervene as early as possible. I want to ask you about your gene editing technology platform known as GeneRide. Before we do talk about that, though, perhaps you can explain what homologous recombination is and what its natural function in cells is. Sure, it, it's a natural um, DNA repair mechanism that all of our cells have. You know, it, over time, the DNA uh, in each of our cells has the potential to be damaged by things like ultraviolet uh, light uh, or, or uh, a variety of other mechanisms where uh, the DNA is damaged and there's uh, an incorrect coding sequence, a base is, is wrong or, or our DNA gets damaged and is um, uh, 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 not intact. There's a cut in the DNA for some reason. And so evolution has provided us with this uh, mechanism of homologous recombination where because the DNA can, um, can match up with a, a similar sequence and the, the cell has the ability to then fix whatever the, the, um, uh, the defect, defect is. This is something that's really important um, just for uh, the health of a cell because uh, mistakes in DNA happen quite frequently um, and is the basis for evolution. And so uh, if they're detrimental, 
there, there needs to be a way for the cell to, to repair them. And homologous recombination is one of those mechanisms. What is the gene ride technology and, and how does it exploit this natural process? Sure. So, um, for, so first of all, the, the gene ride technology is built from an AAV based capsid that, that has, uh, at least in its current iteration, has a high level of uh, tropism for the liver. So after it's infused intravenously, uh, it's delivered almost exclusively to the, the hepatocytes. And you know, the real, the exciting innovation with gene rod is what's inside the capsid. It's the cassette, um, which we, we feel is pretty elegant in its in its simplicity. Um, it's it's comprised only of the the gene of interest, the trans gene, and in LB001, which is the the drug for methylmalonic acidemia, the gene is called uh, mutase, uh, methylmalonyl CoA mutase. And this gene is flanked by very long homology guide arms. So, so DNA um, that's a, a thousand base pairs or so long on each side. Um, uh, in addition to the, the long homology guide arms, there's a short sequence that codes for a peptide called 2A. This is critical and I'll, I'll get to why it's there in, in a minute. Um, but that's, that's all that's inside there really. The gene, these long homology arms, and the 2A sequence. We don't need to package this with promoters. We don't need to package this with nucleases. And it's because we're utilizing this natural process of homologous recombination. And so what happens is the these very long homology guide arms direct the gene in a very precise site-specific way. Um, and we've chosen um, the guide arms to match up with the albumin locus. You probably know that albumin is a protein produced by the liver and it's the most active uh, gene in the liver. So we chose it for that very reason. And the, the transgene is inserted uh, again in a very site specific to the nucleotide level way, just adjacent to the end of the albumin locus um, where it is uh, integrated in a non-disruptive way um, next to, to albumin and therefore can take advantage of the very highly active albumin promoter. And this is why we don't need to package this with an exogenous promoter. And because it uses this homologous recombination, we don't need to cut the DNA like, um, like the other uh, gene editing techniques do. And um, it's, it's this lack of a promoter uh, and lack of nucleases that we think will allow for a better safety profile and less likelihood of off-target um, effects. Um, once the, the gene is inserted next to albumin, um, again, it's driven by the strong albumin promoter and is transcribed as a fused mRNA. So there's the albumin uh, gene, this 2A sequence, and then mutase, which are produced as a single transcript. Um, and this is where the 2A sequence comes into play because as this single transcript is translated, the 2A sequence induces a ribosomal skipping event, which means that two separate proteins are produced. Um, one of which is the, the goal, we're, we're trying to produce the mutase enzyme, which is deficient uh, in these patients. Um, and this mutase enzyme, once it's um, uh, cleaved by this ribosomal skipping event, it's directed to the mitochondria, which is where uh, it performs its function. 
Uh, and then the other protein that's produced is albumin, but it has this short 2A tag. It's about 20 amino acids or so. And this albumin 2A uh, molecule, it's, it's actually a feature of the technology. It's not a bug. It, it doesn't interfere with the function of albumin, but what it does do is provide, provide us with a, a circulating biomarker, a simple blood test that we can perform um, that circumvents the need for a liver biopsy the, the, the production of albumin 2A correlates with genomic integration and protein expression, so it can give us um, an early readout on how well the drug is working without having to get a big, long needle and, um, and getting a piece of, piece of liver. Well, your, your lead therapeutic candidate, LB001, is a gene editing therapy and development for methylmalonic acidemia, or MMA, what is MMA? Sure. So, so MMA, it's a it's a potentially life threatening and certainly life altering inherited disease. It's caused by the the inability to to properly metabolize certain amino acids and fats, uh, and the the block in this pathway leads up leads to the buildup of toxic metabolites. Uh, one of these toxic metabolites is methylmalonic acid. That's why it's called methylmalonic acidemia, but, but there are other um, toxic metabolites. Uh, and it's the, blood block, the block in this metabolic pathway that drives systemic organ dysfunction, particularly in tissues with high energy needs like brain or liver or kidney. Um, there are a few enzymes involved in this pathway, but the most common form of MMA is caused by deficiency, as I mentioned earlier, of a, a mitochondrial enzyme called methylmalonyl-CoA mutase. Um, the, disease, the disease is, of course, genetic. It's autosomal recessive. Uh, and because it's genetic, it's uh, inherited, and, and therefore the underlying defect is clearly present at birth. And clinical manifestations often arise in the first few days of life with an event that's called a metabolic decompensation or a metabolic crisis, where the child becomes severely acidotic, uh, ammonia levels get very high, and if the crisis isn't managed aggressively and quickly, uh, this uh, metabolic uh, dysfunction can lead to significant neurologic damage, uh, respiratory uh, distress, and, and even coma or, or death. Um, if the baby does survive the initial event, the, the clinical course of MMA is characterized by, um, by recurrent metabolic crises like these that uh, can be triggered by conditions that induce catabolism. So not just, you know, dietary intake of, of protein, but, um, you know, even minor viral infections, um, physical or emotional stress. Uh, or, or a change in a nutritional status. So if the baby's not, um, not eating because he or she doesn't feel well, that can induce catabolism, increase flux through this pathway, and cause one of these devastating metabolic crises. Um, because both the chronic metabolic imbalance and the intermittent crises can lead to significant and irreversible long-term complications, like impaired growth or feeding problems or um, neurodevelopmental disability, as I mentioned before, any effective treatment really needs to be initiated as soon as possible. Um, 
uh, MMA is on the newborn screening panel of every state in the country. This is why, because uh, inter early intervention is so, so critical. Um, unfortunately, there aren't any current treatments available that address the underlying cause of the disease. Current standard of care is um, essentially limited to um, changes in the diet. So these patients have to have a strict limitation on the amount of dietary protein that um, they can take in. So they need to be on special formulas and keep a, a, a very close eye on what they're taking in through their diet, uh, in particularly in, in regards to protein. And in fact, many patients uh, require G-tubes, uh, both because of the feeding difficulty, but also just to help to, to manage this, um, this strict diet. Um, you know, even with the most obedient adherence to the prescribed diet, outcomes in these patients are um, almost uniformly poor. Uh, and because of this, in many um, centers of excellence, liver transplantation is being offered to these children more frequently and at a younger age. The idea here is um, most uh, of the um, activity of uh, the mutase enzyme is, takes place in the liver, not all, but uh, much of it. And replacing the liver is done in an attempt to, uh, to replace this enzymatic activity. Um, but of course, liver transplantation is an invasive surgery. It comes with its own set of risks and complications. Uh, and, and not to mention there's a finite availability of, of livers to transplant. So, um, you know, while MMA is, is certainly a rare disease, it affects about one in 50,000 newborns. Still, the, the unmet need is enormous. There's a huge desire among families, uh, caregivers, and physicians uh, for, for a better therapy. And we're, we're hopeful that uh, our technology, GeneRide and LB001, this uh, in vivo gene editing technology, that we're hopeful is, is durable and, and, and safe. Um, but this can serve as a, a molecular liver transplant. So you get the benefits of providing a new liver, but without the need for a surgery, you do it molecularly through, through gene therapy. Uh, and hopefully this can generate enough mutase activity to provide some um, a better metabolic stability to these children, avoid metabolic decompensations and give them uh, and their families a, a better quality of life. As you mentioned, you recently dosed your first patient in a clinical study. What is the current study and what's the development path forward? Sure. So, yeah, very exciting news from a couple of weeks ago that we were able to dose our first patient. We think this is the first patient, uh, first pediatric patient ever given an in vivo um, systematic uh, gene editing technology. So um, very uh, exciting uh, for us in the, the gene therapy community. The first in human trial for LB001 is called Sunrise. It's a phase one, two uh, study. Um, so the primary endpoints are safety and tolerability, uh, but we're of course looking at um, uh, efficacy as well, both uh, biochemically and clinically. 
Um, importantly, we um, are uh, looking at albumin 2A, which I mentioned earlier as this pharmacodynamic marker of uh, genomic integration and protein expression that will give us our first signal um, that the, the product is working. And then later in the study, um, we'll be uh, looking at biochemical markers like methylmalonic acid and even um, some clinical features as well. Uh, it's a small study. We're uh, looking to enroll up to eight patients. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a single administration of LB001. Uh, there'll be two dose cohorts. Um, and, you know, as I've mentioned a few times, when I talk about early intervention, we feel very strongly that it's important to, to treat children with this disease. And we're able to generate a strong enough preclinical package to uh, work with the FDA on designing a uh, clinical program that does uh, treat uh, those patients most in need and most likely to benefit. So um, we are starting the trial in patients aged three to 12 years of age. Um, and after two patients in that age group, uh, as long as there's uh, no significant safety signals, and we see uh, presence of albumin 2A, we're able to, in the next patient, go down to as young as six months of age, which, which we think is really exciting um, and a, a major accomplishment uh, if we're able to provide a, a, a gene editing technology in patients so young. What's known about LB001 from the preclinical studies that were performed uh, yeah, so the, in our preclinical program, as I mentioned, the data was strong enough to show prospect of direct benefit and provide uh, FDA with the reassurance that we're able to start in children. Uh, LB001 in mice and non-human primates was found to be safe, a very clean safety profile. We saw a transduction of hepatocytes, site-specific genomic integration and transgene expression. Um, uh, LB001 corrected hepatocytes in the mouse model of MMA. Uh, we were able to demonstrate preferential survival and expansion of those cells. Um, and the, this uh, contributed to a progressive increase in uh, mutase expression over time. So the, the, in other words, the corrected hepatocytes um, uh, were healthier than the remaining cells in the liver and had an, an advantage and over time took over a larger proportion of cells in the liver. Um, and uh, we saw that as an increase in um, albumin 2A and mutase expression. Um, in terms of um, more uh, clinically relevant endpoints, LB001 in these mice, uh, both in neonatal mice and in adult mice, um, resulted in improved growth, um, improved uh, metabolic stability, uh, as shown by uh, uh, methylmalonic acid levels, and uh, very importantly, improved survival you know, in, these, in these mice, both, again, in the neonatal mice and the older mice, uh, and at both the doses that we're using in the, in the Sunrise trial. A lot of your early focus is on diseases that are related to the liver. How scalable is this technology? How easily can you take the basic approach being used in MMA to 
address other monogenic conditions. Yeah, that's another thing that's so exciting about the technology. It's, um, you know, modular, essentially. You know, you, we have these homology guide arms that um, take advantage of the abdomen promoter. And so theoretically, all we need to do is swap out the transgene um, and, you know, the mechanism of action will be the same. You know, for example, we have a partnership with Takeda uh, where we are working on Crickler-Najar syndrome. This is a, another rare pediatric disease um, where um, the children uh, have a defect in bilirubin metabolism and end up with high levels of bilirubin caused, uh, potentially causing a permanent neurological damage. And we've uh, demonstrated in the animal model that um, gene ride uh, uh, using the same uh, uh, homology guide arms for albumin, but just swapping out the mutase gene for the gene that causes Crigler-Najar, um, that we, we've shown uh, effectiveness in, in the Crigler-Najar mouse. Um, we also uh, have some uh, non-disclosed uh, indications uh, for the liver that we intend to utilize uh, gene ride for. Uh, and um, a partnership, a uh, recently announced par partnership uh, with Daichi Sankyo uh, for a couple of undisclosed uh, gene ride indications. So I'm uh, really excited about uh, MMA uh, and the potential for gene ride in similar uh, liver indications. Daniel Gruskin, Chief Medical Officer of Logic Biotherapeutics. Daniel, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.